Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today we have the January weather stats. And in southern Saskatchewan, the weather was generally warm and dry last month for January with precipitation half of normal and temperatures almost 5 degrees above normal. Today is World Wetland Day, and we talk to Nature Conservancy Canada about the importance of wetlands and preservation in southern Saskatchewan. Sasquatch releases its latest weekly outlook, and we have a feature interview on alfalfa production. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain. Helping growers contract any type of grain, call 1-800-324-7778. January 2021 in southern Saskatchewan goes into the record books as mild and dry. Regina's mean temperature was minus 9.9, 4.8 degrees warmer than normal, making last month the 11th warmest January in 128 years. Most of the Saskatchewan Grain Belt had temperatures 4 to 5 degrees warmer than normal. Environment Canada meteorologist Terry Lang says there was a short spell of cold weather last month, but it was warmer than normal. I think if you ask somebody on the street and say, what, and what was January like, I think they'd say, you know, I think it was pretty nice January. We had that little bit in there when it got really cold, but then, you know, it warmed up after that. So, And that's exactly what happened. Really, really mild at the beginning of the month, first three weeks, and then we got that really deep uh, Arctic air set in, but it didn't stick around. It eroded you know, after a few days, and we went back to above average temperatures. So in the end, uh, everybody in the province did come out uh, above average with respect to temperatures. Everybody was in the top 20 uh, for years, uh, you know, for the warmest Januaries or whatever, right? So, and only uh, a couple made it into the top 10. Um, let's see here. Yorkton made it into the top 10. Um uh, uh, North Battleford did, Estevan, uh, LaRange with their fourth uh, warmest, and Meadow Lake as well, and everybody else was in the top 20. Lang says Regina's precipitation in January was half of normal. With respect to precipitation, they had a little bit more, 7.6 more than some of the other stations, I, I would add, 7.6 millimeters compared to 15.3 on average. And that came in with the 38th driest out of 133 years of records. So um, it was hit and miss with some of those snow uh, flurries that came through. Precipitation ranged from 32% of normal in Swift Current to 73% of normal in Yorkton last month. 
Lang says cold weather is returning to southern Saskatchewan this week. I think this one's going to last a little bit longer. We have some nice temperatures for the next couple of days, so get out and enjoy them while you can. Then we'll see sort of this gradual slide towards the cold temperatures. Friday is going to be quite blustery. We're really going to feel that cold air coming in with some snow as well. And then by the weekend, we're going to be well into those Arctic temperatures. Not all the long-range models agree with how long we're going to be in this for. Some say we'll be out of it by the middle of next week where others want to kind of hang on to it a little bit but it is February we've been pretty lucky so far this winter so uh, we'll see what mother nature uh, has in store. Terry Lang is a meteorologist with Environment Canada. Fines totaling $10,000 have been handed to a Lampman area farmer after pleading guilty last week to putting animals in distress. Chad McKelkey was charged after Animal Protection Services of Saskatchewan seized 131 distressed cattle and found 16 dead animals on a farm north of Lampman in February 2019. McKelkey pleaded guilty last week and is also prohibited from owning or caring for cattle for five years. He has to pay a $7,200 fine and a $2,800 victim surcharge. Lampman is about 200 kilometers southeast of Regina. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Today is World Wetland Day. The Director of Conservation for Saskatchewan at Nature Conservancy Canada, Cameron Wood, says wetlands have disappeared at an alarming rate in this province and programs have been put in place to support wetlands. Wetlands here in Saskatchewan are incredibly important, both from an environmental perspective, but also very much from a human perspective. So the wetlands that we have here in the prairies have a huge role to play in supporting biodiversity, both the wildlife and birds that we have present here in the province, but also on a broader international scale. Um, Our wetlands here support Birds on their migratory birds on their way to the Arctic for nesting. Uh, we're known as the duck factory of North America here in the heart of the prairies. And shorebirds are using these wetlands on their migrations as well, all the way from the Arctic into South America to places like Argentina. And what we have here in the province is a crucial part of that. And not only are these wetlands important from the biodiversity perspective, but also for the role they play for us as humans in terms of holding water so that it helps to prevent uh, flooding events, um, releasing that water back into creeks so it's available during drought periods, you know, as well as some of the role in terms of sequestering carbon and helping to, to mitigate some of the impacts of, of climate change that we're already starting to experience. We've lost a lot of wetlands to drainage uh, for the use of uh, farmland for production purposes. How important is it How much have we lost and how important is it to retain what we've got? Well, across the prairies, we've lost over 50%. But when we actually zoom in a little bit closer and look at the part of the prairies that has agricultural activity, it's much higher and it's more like 70 to 80% of our wetlands that we've lost. So it's really problematic that we're already at this point where so much is lost that it's really important to maintain what we have left as best as possible. It's a challenging thing to put all that pressure onto agricultural producers. So looking at ways that programming can support that and start to acknowledge some of those values within you know, the value chain system is really important as well. Are there some programs out there to support wetlands? Absolutely. So conservation organizations such as Nature Conservancy of Canada, that's a, a big part of our work. And we use funding from a whole 
variety of different places to acquire lands that have some of these important wetlands on them. Uh, and then working with producers, uh, Nature Conservancy Canada, Ducks Unlimited, other organizations working directly with producers to try to maintain those benefits on the land. Uh, so there are some programs in place, but it's it's a challenge to to keep those things sustainable over the long term while also being meaningful and impactful in the short term. I always ask, how do farmers benefit from this? Well, it, there's a growing recognition of the role of wetlands, and especially in terms of trying to restore some of these practices. Uh, the 2020s are actually going to be a global decade of restoration, and it's going to really kind of place an emphasis on this. So looking at incorporating this as part of the overall sustainable parts of your operation, um, or even trying to tap into some of these conservation programs that, you know, you might not be able to cultivate those additional acres, but maybe there's a way to recoup that cost and, and reduce your overall input. So you're still coming out ahead, but maintaining those biodiversity impacts as well. So there's an effort to do that just exactly how? So it's through programs with conservation organizations that may have uh, easement programs to maintain those wetlands that will give you a payment or looking at restoration activities and reimbursing for costs of that or for implementing beneficial stewardship practices uh, potentially with a, an organization that you might already be engaged in. So, I mean, if there's people who are interested in those types of things, there there are conservation organizations who are working on that and there's some programming uh, through, you know, provincial and federal funding as well to help support some of those costs as well. Cameron Wood is the Director of Conservation in Saskatchewan for Nature Conservancy Canada. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio 147. I am joined right now by the Chief Economist and Head of Market Research for Nutrien. It is Jason Newton. Jason, how are you? I'm doing really well, Sean. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to chat with you. So, Jason, let's start off with this canola market. Like, what do you make of this? We've got this huge spread between old crop and new crop. That Something has to be done about that eventually. This market's had quite the run. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I'm not a day-to-day canola analyst, but if you look back historically, there haven't been very many times where prices have gone above $700 a ton. I think if you go back to to 2008 um, to see that. And uh, what typically happens in in a bull market is you do get um, fairly large inversions between uh, old crop and new crop. And part of it is that the market's bullish so that they want to buy now um, thinking that that there's the potential, there's the risk that that prices could go higher. Uh, I think if you look forward um, to, to new crop, there are uh, some uncertainties between now and then. And I think one of them is the, the South American soybean uh, crop, which is starting to be harvested now with the harvest pace is occurring at a, a 10 year uh, low. Um, and that's keeping that supply over the market, but the, the weather conditions have improved there. And I think some of the, the, the production forecasts are, are starting to move higher. And I think that's, that's maybe 
taken some of the um, top off of the soybean market over the past few days. Yeah, and as we start to figure out some of those acreage battles when it comes to the prairies and in the the U.S., uh, wheat has to find some ground if it wants to compete for acres. What's your thought right now on the wheat market? Yeah, I think um, the wheat market has uh, has also sort of lost a little bit of momentum over the last few days, and I think that the areas to watch um, between now and when um, growers in Western Canada and, and the Northern Plains we planting spring wheat uh, is the, the Southern Plains of the United States and the former Soviet Union. Um, if we look at the, the areas in uh, the Texas Panhandle and in Western Kansas, definitely on the fringe of the drought area currently. And so between now and uh, and when that crop is harvested, how how the precipitation shapes up, I think will be important in um, in driving wheat prices and influencing uh, decisions on the prairies. Um, in the former Soviet Union, there's some uncertainty about how export taxes will impact exports in the current crop. Um, and I think as, as we look forward, there's some uncertainty there with respect to, to spring wheat uh, acreage uh, as well. Uh, and so uh, it's also important how that crop uh, comes out of dormancy and, and progresses uh, between now and harvest. You know, there's so much talk right now about the demand for commodities. Uh, we, we were coming off, or still trying to get through this COVID-19 pandemic. How how is all of this global demand happening at the same time as COVID? Well, it's it's really I think you need to divide it into the world into China um, or even Asia and and um, the rest of the world as China really drove the demand for commodities globally in the second half of 2020. Um, look at Chinese iron ore uh, imports, for example, they, they set new records uh, in 2020 and prices uh, continue to be higher. Um, and industrial productivity just in general in China improved significantly coming out of their COVID lockdown, which was occurring about a year ago. Uh, and that's, that's, I think, spreads across all of the commodities and egg, Commodities have been a part of that, and it's in part because of the strength in the economy in China and the rebound in feed consumption um, after the African swine fever pandemic and uh, as they rebuild their hog herd. Um, But there's also some structural elements. Um, When we look at the corn uh, supply-demand balance in China, it's uh, been evident over the past few years that there's structural tightness in that market. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352-1866. Today, sunny sky, wind south 20, the high plus 3. A few flurries beginning overnight, risk of freezing rain overnight, wind becoming northwest 30, gusting to 50 overnight, the low minus 8. Wednesday, flurries at times heavy with 2 to 4 centimeters of snow. Blowing snow in open areas late in the morning and the afternoon, wind northwest 40, gusting to 60 tomorrow. Temperature falling to minus 15 in the afternoon, wind chill minus 17 in the morning and minus 27 in the afternoon. The low, minus 19. 
Thursday, sunny sky, high minus 13, the low minus 21. Friday, sunny, the high minus 19, the low minus 28. Saturday, sunny, the high minus 24, the low minus 31. Sunday, sunny, the high minus 25, the low minus 29. Monday, sunny, the high minus 23. Normal high for the state, minus 9, the normal low, minus 21. The sun rose at 8.32 this morning. It sets at 5.53 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, Maple Creek at plus 12 degrees. The cold spot, Uranium City up north, minus 16. Estevan is minus 1, Saskatoon minus 9, Swift Current plus 5, Weyburn minus 3, Yorkton minus 4. Regina is partly cloudy minus 5, that's 23 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southeast at 25. Humidity 77%, the barometer dropping 101.1. Partly cloudy in Moose Jaw plus 4, winds are from the southeast at 11. Once again, Regina partly cloudy in minus 5, that's 23 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com. And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. The latest market outlook from Sask Wheat, released yesterday, says the wheat price outlook will remain unclear until the Russian export tax issue is resolved. Only then will there be any idea on Russian exports and how much extra demand to expect for North American wheat supplies. The outlook compiled by Mercantile Consulting Venture says there are reports of a possible export wheat tax of $70 a ton in Russia. Meantime, Canadian wheat exports last week reached 9.8 million tons for the crop year, 2.5 million tons or 33% higher than a year ago. The biggest wheat export increases are to China and Nigeria. Agriculture Canada, meanwhile, is forecasting Canadian wheat carryout stocks at 5.3 million tonnes, up from 4.8 million a year ago. Wheat production in Canada is forecast to drop 2% with relatively stable acres but lower yields, with estimated production at 27 million tonnes. Wheat exports in the crop year beginning August 1st are pegged at 20 million tonnes. Wheat prices are expected at 775 to $8 a bushel in Saskatchewan. Durham exports so far this crop year are 2.7 million tons, up 17% from a year ago. The biggest gains in this year's Durham sales over last year are to Italy, Morocco, Algeria, and Belgium. Agriculture Canada forecasts the area seeded to Durham in Canada will rise 6% due to strong prices. Some bids are emerging at $8.75 a bushel, but the analysis would target $9 a bushel for current crop Durham sales. In the U.S., there was some beneficial precipitation in parts of Kansas, Nebraska, Oklahoma, and Texas. However, extreme dryness continues to plague winter wheat producers in the high and southern plains. The Sask Wheat Report points to some logistic issues in Russia, with 70 vessels waiting to load at port. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And the REMAX Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel DeCorby and Graham Toth. 
online at landforsalesask.ca. Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were moving upward during the past week. Acting Provincial Cattle Specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture, Natasha Wilkie, says cattle marketings were down last week. Well, Jim, today we have good news for you, thankfully. Woohoo! Um, feeder steer prices were higher across the weight categories when compared to prices reported the previous week. And the largest price increase we saw was in the 300 to 400 pound weight category. Those guys went up $6.33 per hundred weight to end the week at an average price of $261.83 per hundred weight. The smallest increase was seen in the 800 to 900 pound weight category those guys going up only 97 cents to end the week at an average price of 172.40 per hundred weight and then we look at the 700 to 800 pound weight category they ended the week at an average price of 172.40 per hundred weight and so when we go to the feeder heifers those girls were also higher across all the report weight categories the largest price increase seen in the 800 plus pound weight category increasing $7.42 per hundred weight to end the week at an average price of $161 per hundred weight. The smallest increase was seen in the 700 to 800 pound weight category with prices going up $1.60 per hundred weight to end the week at an average price of $164.17. And then we look at the 500 to 600 pound weight category. Those girls went up $1.75 per hundred weight to end the week at an average price of $188. What were the factors pushing up the feeder cattle prices? Well, um, USDA released their cattle inventory report uh, last Friday, and the numbers are down slightly from previous year, so that provides support for our feeder and live cattle futures markets, so that was good. And then volume as well, like the numbers going through the auction markets in Saskatchewan last week was down by almost 50% from the previous week, so my guess is colder weather. <laughs> People don't want to travel in that. What were marketings? So Canfax reported a total of 9,094 head of cattle sold in Saskatchewan last week, and that's down from 17,802 head the previous week, and less than 17,139 head marketed during the same week in 2020. Tell me about what's happening with market-ready cattle prices. Well, they were mixed week over week, so we saw the price of D2 slaughter cows go down $1.05 to average $74.08 per hundred weight. And then the D3 slaughter cows, they were the opposite and saw a small increase with prices going up 31 cents per hundred weight to end the week, to end the week at an average price of $63.81 per hundred weight. And then we moved to the fed cattle price for fed steers in, out of Alberta. They were reported at $151.19 per hundred weight, up 53 cents per hundred weight from $150 and 66 cents per hundred weight the previous week. Natasha Wilkie compiles the weekly cattle market report for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall is Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Viterra prices were mixed in early trading today. Canola fell 650 at 639.67. Yellow peas increased $5 at $380.89. Number one red spring wheat fell 95 cents at 267.87. The rest were unchanged. Durham 310.48. Feed barley two forty nine seventy, flax seven sixty four thirty nine, lentils six o two fifty, oats two twenty nine fifty three, feed wheat one eighty three seventy two. 
The Minneapolis spring wheat March futures are down three and a half cents at six nineteen and a half cent a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn eight four two forty five seventy four. And now the latest quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of February 2nd. Our last regular sale was on January 20th. Slaughtered cows have been holding steady, and bulls have come up a few cents. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.66 cents to $0.72. Cents. D3 cows sold from $0.59 cents to $0.65. Cents. Good butcher bulls sold from $0.99 cents to $1.09. We had a pre-sorted sale here yesterday. The market has come up on them. We set the pace for everyone else to follow. It pays to have your cattle well sorted. People will pay more money. For 50 to 500 pounds, steers averaged $2.35 and sold up to $2.50. 500 to 550 pound steers averaged $2.29 and sold up to $2.50. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged $2.26 and sold up to $2.48. 600 to 650 pound steers averaged $2.22 and sold up to $2.40. 650 to 700 pound steers averaged $2.10 and sold up to $2.31. 700 to 800 pound steers averaged $1.87 and sold up to $2.02. 800 to 900 pound steers averaged $1.79 and sold up to two, sold up to $1.86. And steers over 900 pounds averaged $1.71 and sold up to $1.76. Heifers were about 30 cents back from the steers. Some of the highlights from the sale were a group of 435 pound grasser steers at $2.00 and 50 cents a pound. A group of 500 pound grasser steers at $2.48 a pound. A group of 550 pound tan steers at $2.39 and a half cents a pound. A group of 600 pound tan steers at $2.23 a pound. A group of 650 pound tan steers at $2.13 a pound. A load of 700 pound black steers at $1.97 a pound. A load of 800 pound exotic steers at $1.84 a pound. A load of 900 pound exotic steers at $1.76 a pound. And a load of 1,000 pound exotic steers at $1.71.5 a pound. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. The market that gets cattle and the prices too. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 8,800 hogs Monday, selling in a range of 158 to 185 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 6,700 head, selling in a range of 160 to 179 per CKG. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed, and four contract prices opened higher this morning. On Monday, the Canadian dollar is down 27 basis points, with a daily exchange rate at 1.2824. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 78 cents U.S. Daily U.S. cash markets are mixed, with the Western Corn Belt region down 32 cents U.S. 100 weight, and the National region up 59 cents. Daily weakness in the cutout was led by hams, posting a one-day $8.40 move lower for a carcass net change of negative $2.70. Incidentally, the daily cutout is presently third highest for this marketing week, and cutout-adjusted base prices are 4% and 6% higher for USDA cutout formula and national cutout-adjusted references, respectively, when compared to their weekly benchmarks. The trend in all regions remains higher. Lean hog futures sold off in the last minutes of the session yesterday for a net negative change in the front-month contracts. There's talk making the rounds that export demand needs to be remain at present levels for values to hold, but that has always been the case. Thursday's export sales report will provide some clues, but as always... The market will be looking for strong China representation. 
While the past two consecutive reports have been considered good, it was Mexico, not China, in the number one position in terms of volume. And currently Regina, partly cloudy, minus 5, that's 23 Fahrenheit. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. The Hannon Creek Education and Applied Research Center has been recognized by the United Nations for its role in protecting, restoring, and promoting the sustainable use of Saskatchewan land. Jamie Hiltz, Dean of the School of Mining, Energy and Manufacturing at SAS Polytechnic, says the center is located in Candle Lake. It's a partnership between the school and the Saskatchewan Wildlife Federation and has received a global acknowledged flagship project certificate. Hiltz says Hannon Creek has received national and international recognition for promoting sustainability and overall stewardship of the land. As one of the only boreal forest field stations in the province, and one of two in Canada, the centre is a unique place to study and conduct research. The recognition comes from the United Nations University and their global regional centre of expertise. The Saskatchewan Wildlife Federation uses the facility for various projects, including conservation programs for youth. Researchers from the University of Saskatchewan as well as forest firefighters have used it for training. Imperial Oil is reporting a fourth quarter loss of $1.15 billion compared with a profit of $271 million a year earlier. The loss came as Imperial took a $1.17 billion non-cash charge related to unconventional natural gas assets in Alberta that it no longer plans to develop. Total revenue and other income amounted to $6.03 billion, down from $8.12 billion in the same quarter in 2019. Overall, production in the quarter averaged 460,000 gross oil equivalent barrels per day, up from 398,000 a year earlier. On the markets, the energy sector climbed higher as the price of oil rose to help lead a triple-digit advance for Canada's main stock index in late morning trading, while U.S. stock markets also rallied. The TSX Composite Index was up 174 points at 17,866. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 567 points at 30,779. The Canadian dollar traded at 78.02 cents U.S. compared with 77.99 cents on Monday. The March crude oil contract was up a dollar thirty-seven at fifty-four ninety-two per barrel. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything egg. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.